0: I, I have not seen it myself, but uh, it, it sounds like it'd be worth looking under to see if there's anything in there under it.
1: <clears throat> talk Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed Weekly Podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba new news. Obsessed episode 260 was recorded live October 15th, 2015. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jolson, coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan where we are harvesting grapes. Joining me this week, we have Mac the Dive Mentor. How are you doing today, Mac?
0: I'm doing... Very well, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I was on my way home from work today, and you got the grape shakers running through the vineyard. So, what starts as grapes will be wine. In the I'm sure in they'll the leave future. a little bit for ice wine. They do. There's a you can see those fields. They'll have them wrapped up in orange security fencing to keep the deer and critters out. But we won't it be like too it. long, and will And for those who don't know, ice wine that Max referring to, they wait till the first. I think it's almost a good hard freeze, isn't it yeah yeah they want they want those to be frozen and and ice wine is really sweet, almost like a port, like a very sweet port
0: and a little more expensive oh yes
1: yeah the the bottle you when you buy ice wine and you buy it by the bottle, it's about twice as much and about a third the quantity. It's a really skinny bottle for ice wines,
0: but good stuff,
1: oh yeah, yeah, it's good uh tasting. They keep opening wineries. I see there's a couple more wineries going in around around my house.
0: Sounds like they're starting a brewery in Stevensville too. Yep. I leave yep. myself an email to her. Yep. Pay
1: paper yep. today. The yep. And then uh, I think there's another one going in Bering Springs. They just keep popping up all over, which is fine by me. You know, in the apocalypse, that's the one thing you want to have is you want to have good weapons for the zombies and uh, plenty of alcohol because you can use it medicinal. as money. Medicinal, medicinal, medicinal. Oh, of course.
0: Because the water could be polluted, so you need oh, to drink something. Yeah. You know. yeah. See
1: the 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 you know the pathogens can't survive in the alcohol content. So let's go That's- ahead and jump right on into the news. I'd like to thank everybody who is in the chat room. We have, uh, the, I, it goes with my theory, it's getting darker. We have more people coming in. We have Georgia and PNAP and Vanessa the Mermaid from California is back in there. And this first one, we have a, a diver who died in Portland Harbor, and they're saying uh, apparently he was hit by a spinning propeller. The Scarborough man died Wednesday while removing rope that was tangled on the prop of a 65-foot fishing boat. Dennis McGrath, 56, of Scarborough, uh, was trying to get the rope off of the prop when the prop engaged injuring him, Authorities authority said. The medical examiner did not re- release the cause of death, saying it's pending further study to rule out natural causes. Police say investigation to death continues and they've reached no conclusion about exactly what had happened, but they believe the incident was not intentional. Commercial Divers Association has said that basic safety guidelines that are customary in industry were not being followed and may have contributed to his death. He's removing the rope around the shaft when, it, while the boat was moored in Portland Fish Pier at 300 Commercial St. Boats. Commercial St. Boats? Is that is that the pier location? Occasionally, occasionally uh, the lines get tangled around propellers when they pass over lobster buoys. Please Divers recovered his body in the area of the shaft and the prop. It's not clear the person who engaged a prop was aware that M- Mr. Grath was in the water. Phil Newman, Executive Director of the Association of Diving Contractors International, which is based out of Houston, listed a number of safety standards that are common in the industry. He said working underwater on a vessel's propeller should involve no fewer than three people, a supervisor, a primary diver, and a tender who is secondary diver if needed. That's a minimum standard required by OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. So, Mac, is that is that pretty normal then? Whenever you're you're working on as a commercial diver to have that many divers for?
0: I'm I'm going to go. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those yes and no. Meaning, if you're doing a a full job under insurance and you're doing that kind of commercial work, right. that is correct. Uh, they do have that. Independence may do something different, and I do that kind of work. And I generally do it solo, but I also get the keys from the boat. Ah. The boat is off. I have the keys with me, and nobody's going to start that freaking motor when I'm down there. <laughs> yeah,
1: Because that's another thing they talked about later on in the article was uh, a basic lockout-tagout procedure.
0: Right. <laughs> we have that when I worked in the nuclear industry. Um, we had that. It's like if I did a pump job. Um, uh, after my first one, I got a little like a little, I uh, really wasn't comfortable. So when I came up for my break, I said, I'll be back. So I actually went up to the control room, verified their lockout tag out and took their fuses that they had to put back in to make it work oh. <laughs> and put them in plastic bags, tagged them, took them down and said, I ain't diving it. Well, it was a 250,000 or yeah, 250,000 gallon per hour pump and many, many thousands of amp starting power. <laughs> the bottom line is, if they bumped that pump, I was hamburger. You
1: would just been lubrication on the side of the walls.
0: I wouldn't have been that. I mean, I because <laughs> I'm putting my head up there in the bell housing, checking out the the prop, and it's like, I don't think I'm going to do this till I verify where you know where they are because people bump pumps. It, it ha- you know it happens, and I figured the, the, the operators are not going to accidentally bump it if I got the fuses. Yeah, you know what I mean because they're not they're too. I, I, well, I'm not going to say they're too lazy to go get new fuses, but the procedure to go get that kind of stuff will take longer than it would be for me to do my job. Yeah, And now, the last prop I undid out at the bay, uh, I did the same thing, I the, the engine was off, turned off, disconnected, out of gear, and I had the keys.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's a good thing to to make sure of, that somebody cannot start that up.
0: Right, and, and though I did not have it tender per se, uh, I did have the owner of the vessel after I briefed him on what I was doing, where I was going to be and what I needed him to do. Uh, it, it worked out. Yeah. But again, safety is safety. And had I any inclination that I could not get it done safely, I would not have done it by myself.
1: Yeah. Now l- let's say you're doing as commercial and you had three divers in a zero vis environment. What does three divers get you that are in the water?
0: Well, basically it depend if you're working commo or non commo uh, the supervisor is the guy who's making sure nobody does something stupid on the surface. Hopefully, uh, the tender would be with my line pulls telling me what's going on. So if I were not communications and I got trapped or stuck, the line pulls would tell him, come on down there and give me a hand getting out of this. You know, maybe I was fouled so, so the, I couldn't come up on my own. The line pulls would be used. He'd come down and foul me.
1: Now, that yeah, so the I three would, divers doesn't mean three people in the water. It just means you have three no, people no. ready to dive.
0: Right. One's normally the supervisor, the tender slash diver. Because he can be my backup, uh-huh. and again, it depend on the job. Because sometimes you do have to have a safety diver, but they have to be like ninety percent suited up. He's basically got his gear on, sitting on the side without his helmet, ready mm-hmm. to have the helmet put on to so get in water. Okay. So it doesn't take him any time to give me a hand.
1: So it's similar procedures that we do when we do ice diving.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like doing a nuclear dive. I mean, you got a protocol, you follow the protocol. And you plan your job, you do it, something comes up that's different than your plan, you come back up and rethink it. You don't work through it down there. And I have to say, depends on the job, because sometimes you have to, you know what I'm saying? You've got your plan, but you work within that plan. Sometimes you have been known to have to exceed a little bit, but not to the point where you're going to jeopardize yourself, number one, or the equipment. But that's just me. Yeah.
1: So that's something, if, you, if you're if you approached to do something like that, realize that you are taking a risk and you're really responsible because you don't want to die.
0: No. I mean, like, like mine, it's easy because the boats are anchored. You know, they're at the docking. It's easier to work with. I'm protected from other boats. If it's an open water job, which I have done, the, the, the boat is on a good anchor. Mm-hmm. And I have a line from the anchor back to the prop. I have one from the transom back to the anchor or to the the prop I'm working with. So if I had that zero vis you're talking about, I know exactly where I'm at at all times. But the key item there, you don't want to get fouled, you don't want to get trapped, you don't want to get stuck in something.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of different things yeah. that can happen, uh, especially when you're dealing with water moving from one body of water to another and flows and intakes right. and outtakes. So you really have to understand what your those considerations.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do like three people. I like having... When we say supervisor, uh, my tender, I always like a tender who's a diver, because then we can we can switch jobs and we know what we want. Mm-hmm. And I love full face with camo because that adds to your protection
1: factor. Yes, yeah. Then that's another thing that a commercial diver's uh, really should have is that that two way communication. And then we have a scuba diver hunting lobsters was rescued near Marina del Rey. A diver became stricken in Santa Monica Bay Wednesday and was rescued by sheriff's deputies and county firefighters at the second such rescue in little more than a week. The 38-year-old diver was a resident of Ventura County with more than 20 years of scuba experience. He was hunting spiny lobsters of the friend in over 90 feet of water about noon when he realized he was out of air and made a rapid ascent to the surface. Uh, Sergeant Frank Rutz of the sheriff's Marina del Rey station said, uh, that he had rushed to the surface. Uh, he was taken by private boat to the sheriff's station and was treated by Marine Patrol deputies and Los Angeles County Fire Department paramedics before being transferred by helicopter to UCLA Medical Center. So this is another case where we don't quite have enough information. Because you know, they, they, they bring up that he was an experienced diver with 20 years of experience, So, they, but they don't tell you what type of experience he had across those 20 years. Well, the
0: 90 feet tells me something. what would we we be doing at 90 feet?
1: 90 feet, you should have a bailout.
0: Absolutely. At the minimum, we'd have had a bailout.
1: Yeah, so if you're diving with an 80 at 90 feet, and say you're a little bit out of shape and you haven't been diving and you're chasing that, that lobster, like when I dive 120 feet, say we're doing the iron sides, for me to do a good dive profile, make sure I have enough air to know I'm getting back to the surface, I really only have three or four minutes at the bottom at most. And if you got other situations, so 90 feet, uh, that's maybe another atmosphere less, but you're still going to be going through air at a much quicker rate than you do at 30 or 40.
0: Well, the other item is when I know I'm not that way, I do not skimp on checking my pressure gauge.
1: Right. So that's one thing. The other thing is we don't know is, uh, did he have a leak? did, Did he have a you know, an O-ring that was leaking and he just didn't notice it. So, you know, he looks at one point and he's got 2,200 pounds and the next one he looks, he's got 200. So uh, I'm guessing, by the way they describe it, that he was out and then came to the surface.
0: Uh, Well, it said he was out of air and made a rapid ascent. And again, realistically, and I think, uh, you know, in our our newsletter, we've been putting out the items, seven items, you know, which you've really got to watch out for. And one that is preventable is out of air. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, having a complete separate bailout system sure helps you give, you know, you got that, you got air, you got time. Yep. Well, and, then then, again, and when we're diving anything deep, remember, we always have stage bottles right. at 20 feet. We always have a stage bottle 10 feet off the anchor or the tie-in point to the rack.
1: Yeah, because if you run out at 90, even if you ascend rapidly to 20, you can grab that air and then maybe come down to 30 or 40 and get somewhat of a stop in. You haven't gone all the way to that.
0: Now one atmosphere, and even even if you do everything right and you had your bailout, you can still have that happen, which we've had had happen on the uh, on the Iron Tides mm-hmm. stuck valve on a uh, inflator.
1: Yeah, yes, that's true. There's other reasons that we can get you to the surface quick.
0: Right, so you, you can have a problem that you know is unusual, like you know stuck inflator, or you you have a stuck inflator on your dry suit. You if you're if you haven't practiced trying to dump your air, when that happens, uh, you're going go to go like, like a freaking Poseidon rocket up out of the water.
1: Well, it depends on where your air is uh, stuck. Is it stuck in the B.C. or is it in your your dry suit? A lot of dry suits, you can put air in two to three times quicker than you can dump it out. Oh, big time. Yeah, But but they the sheriff's office wants to remind you that there's some certain things you should be doing, and it seems to be more prevalent during the lobster season said make sure you get your medical assessments before going to the water, dive with a companion, which maybe in this case, if he had a companion nearby, they could have shared some air on the way up. Make sure all divers match one's training, or not all divers' dives. Experience and fitness level of equipment serviced yearly by certified professionals and manage your air. Now, Mac, if somebody was caught with a lobster, and they were seen to intentionally been hiding it. What do you think the fine would be for that individual?
0: Well, I, I know that you're limited to, what, six lobsters a day normally in Florida? Uh-huh. And I think we were talking yesterday or last week about a gentleman who was poaching fish. Uh-huh. And they had something like 100 fish, right?
1: Yes, they had 100 so fish. Over the
0: limit? Yeah. And I think they took their boat away uh, and a few things like that. I think it was what three felonies or something because yep. of uh, the way they were deliberately doing it. So if somebody did it and had something less than that, I would say they got off scot free. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to know who their their lawyer was because I'd like to have him on my side next yep. time.
1: Yep. So in the Florida lobster poaching family, they took forty-six lobsters, and the total fine that was assessed for the whole family was a hundred dollars. And it seems unbelievable. It just, that doesn't seem like a punishment. Well, doesn't it say there later, though, something about
0: uh, six months, three to six months probation, $100 fines and costs, The maximum punishment was up to a year in jail and $5,000 fines?
1: Yes. Yep. You're, you're exactly right. They So
0: why would he get a slap on the wrist as opposed to the other?
1: Yeah. So three to six months probation and $100 fines plus court costs. Now, they didn't say what court costs are, but I can't believe it was that much. But with that here, so it was three people, and as the story goes, they intentionally hit it. For one thing, they know they can't have 28. there are 28 over the limit. So they know they can't have those, and they were hiding them. So why was it only $100?
0: If, if I knew that, that's worth it because 26 yeah. lobsters for $100, bucks, that's $2.60 each.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: I'll take that.
1: Now, I hope they didn't say, but I'm assuming that they took the lobster and they didn't get to keep them. But it doesn't sound like much of a risk-reward. Now, for these, I'm sure they don't want to be caught again because I can't believe it would have been a slap on the wrist twice. But this is this is insulting. If you're in Florida, you know you should be calling your senators and fish and wildlife and going, what the heck is going on here? And they're going to tell you that, hey, it's the judge. But what the heck is a judge thinking? I mean, there's discretion. What sad sob story could these divers have said that okay. would have got them out of this?
0: Right. Now— on that article, scroll down and you're gonna find one about abalone. Uh-huh. Southern Cali-Alab. Go down to that one. I just did. Tell me when you're there.
1: Okay. It was it another article on Abalone? Yeah, it was uh Southern
0: poacher poachers fined, sentence to probation, community service. Okay. So I just looked down there real quick, and it said two Southern California men recently pleaded no contest to misdemeanor, fish, and game code violations in LA Superior Court. They were each ordered to serve three years probation, pay two thousand. fine, pay an additional $1,000 fine to the Department of Fish and Wildlife, successfully complete a three to five unit marine biology course at a local college, serve 40 hours community service and forfeit all their diving gear and fishing gear.
1: Now, see, that makes sense. Now this is California versus Florida, but that's what the, what I would expect to see. You know, you didn't completely destroy the people. They're not, they, they still have a life, but that, that hurts.
0: Yeah, that's going to tend to make you think twice before you want to do that again.
1: Yeah. And plus it makes an example because hopefully that community service and some of those other things are going to involve educating others. Don't mistake, make the same mistakes I did.
0: Right. And in this case, it wasn't a mistake. It was on purpose.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that, that was from, uh, that was an article in California Diver in yes. April 10th, 2013, just to give a little date perspective. Yeah. And but we have, go ahead.
0: Totally, totally different between. 46 lobsters fined $100.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that just doesn't even make sense. And it's not a case of, you because sometimes you hear a judge say, well, I couldn't give them what everybody wanted because the maximum was whatever. Well, they they didn't even come close to giving them the maximum. And this one is a kind of a follow-up article for us. Christmas Lake Holds Off Zebra Muscle Spread. This one's out of Minnesota. A West Metro lake that had become the testing grounds for local agencies in the state of Minnesota to see if new measures will work with killing zebra mussels, Uh, zebra mussels and its invasive species, especially in this lake. The bottom uh, boating season had come to a close, and they said they've gone through extreme efforts to keep the mussels out of the lake. Uh, Let's see. They said they had expanded the boat inspections, security cameras installed to boat launch that streams online to local police And each month, scuba divers surveyed Lake Bottom to look for pests. No signs of them yet. They said, obviously, the more years that go by, the more confident you can be, said Eric uh, Fieldseth, AIS Program Manager for Minnehaha Creek Watershed District. More than 200 Minnesota waterways are listed as infected by State Department of Natural Resources, but few lakes in the state or nation have accomplished what Christmas Lake has done so far. Back in August 2014, zebra mussels were discovered near the public boat launch thanks to the district's early detection program, which monitored the lake and closed off the area. They used uh, Zequinox, a biological pesticide. The crews then used a copper treatment followed by potash to treat the nearby one-acre lake, which is next to the mussel-infested lake Minnetonka. Minnetonka? Minnetonka, there it is, a small area of Christmas Lake. The zebra mussels were killed off the first time mussels were eliminated from an area of Minnesota waterway. However, last May more zebra mussels were found outside that area. Crews treated that area with potash in June and 10-acre area in July. Since then, Field says, "said monthly scuba dives in the area have turned up no mussels." I think we talked about this when they discovered oh, that well, other well, patch. I well,
0: like it. Yeah. and yeah, They call it what a biological mollicide for quagga zebra. I looked it up real quick, and it talked about. It's highly effective, been proven to deliver uh, efficiency comparable to chemical solutions without risk of corrosion. uh, Classified as a reduced risk aquatic pesticide, not subject to regulatory restrictions on usage, and carries only minimal permitting requirements. Can be applied using standard injection equipment, and applicators need only minimal uh, protective equipment, personal protective PPE. Mm-hmm. Uh, treatments can occur during the workday. Can be completed within hours without disrupting normal operations, and it's uh, EPA and PR, uh, PMRA approved. It's effective, safe for workers and the environment. No need to detox before discharge. Short application, non corrosive, non volatile. That sounds quite interesting.
1: Now, is it? Are they I, I, do they about know the... what,
0: I don't know what they used in Poppa, but I'm trying to look it up now.
1: Yeah, but papa wasn't trying to get rid of zebra mussels. No. So, But this they were talking about. Now, are they referring to the potash or that, uh, the herbicide that they applied?
0: It said the herbicide. Okay. I'm looking at one of the pictures from the uh, brochure from the company, and I'm looking at the inside of a pipe joint, um, a union, and that's freaking amazing what they've done and how many mullops and quaggers and mussels they've had been sucked up in their pumps. It's amazing. And I can see why they had to do something.
1: Yeah, if you don't have equipment that's uh, – able to handle it and even if you do it it wears stuff down pretty quick yeah i think the zebra mussels owe me a couple pair of gloves because they go through those pretty fast (laughs) and it doesn't take much (laughs) you can if you if you get a little over over exuberant and brushing them away from something they'll slice up pretty pretty decent well that's good it's nice that somebody's trying to see what they can do and maybe they come up with a plan that can be replicated and maybe you could go Maybe you target a new pond or lake every year, and you could actually start reversing the trend.
0: Yeah. I'm curious. I, I saw one area here where they've uh, got it boomed off, mm-hmm. and the boat in the middle applying it, and it's a discoloration to the area. So I don't know if they do treatments like that and then move the boom so it's concentrated in one area. But it, it looks quite interesting. And Were I getting to do that for a, a water system or a lake, I would definitely be looking at what other items are out there and what's been proven to work.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the, we talked, was it last week we talked about dive sites and here's one in the Florida Keys, not like they got a shortage of dive sites, but this one is a wreck called the Benwood. It went down in 1942 in a collision with a Robert C. Tuttle while on a routine voyage from Tampa to Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, it's a 360 foot long wreck, 51 feet wide merchant marine freighter. It was built in England in 1910 and owned by a Norwegian company. She carried ore and was armed with 12 rifle, rifles, one four-inch gun, six depth charges, and 36 bombs. It was uh, a night in April 9, 1942. The Benwood, under command of Captain Torborn, uh, let's see, Skillbred, and I know I didn't roll my R's right, uh, was on a routine voyage from Tampa to Norfolk, Virginia, in a load of phosphate rock. Because of rumors of German U-boats in the area, she was traveling blacked out. Three miles off Key Largo. As fate would have it, the Robert C. Tuttle, under the, can- the command of Captain Martin jo- uh, Johansson, was also blacked out, traveling the same area on the way to Alt- Alt- was it uh, a Treco, Texas. It was reported that at 12.45 a.m., Robert C. Tuttle sighted a black object and turned starboard right after signaling, I intend to turn starboard with one blow of the ship's whistle. There was no response from the other ship. At 12.50 a.m., Benwood reported to have sighted a black object off her starboard. Then the captain decided to turn left and the sound the ship's whistle twice, indicating, I intend to turn port. Again, there was no response. Uh, captain uh, Skillbred made last-minute efforts to avoid the Robert C. Tuttle by ordering the engines full astern. The maneuver failed and the ships collided. The Tuttle survived the collision, but the Benwood's bow was crushed and taking on water. The captain turned towards land and a half hour later gave orders to abandon ship the next day, the keel was discovered broke, and the ship declared a total loss. Benwood came to rest on a sandy slope at approximately 25 to 45 feet of water between Dixie Shoals north and French Reef to the south off Key Largo. Uh, salvage became, uh, began after the sinking continued into the 1950s. Well, That's a heck of a salvage program. I just sent you a picture
0: of it sinking. Uh-huh. And according to this, the average depth towards that is 30 feet, max depth
1: 55 but they say it's very popular dive spot. Looking at dive the spots. pictures,
0: it's quite interesting.
1: Visibility looks good too. Well, and is, it a, <clears throat> is, it, is it a wooden vessel? It does not appear to be. Okay, yeah, that's that's a nice uh, dive spots.com.
0: And the site I just went to with that also has the exact you know location,
1: mm-hmm.
0: latitude, longitude. So if you're out there, you could find it. It's also buoyed,
1: which can be can't say how far
0: offshore it is, so.
1: That's interesting on the buoy, it t- says what year it went down,
0: and it gives you the name of the
1: wreck, yeah, it's handy. I hope that we get to do something like that in the Great Lakes. you would think so, you would think so, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily always happen.
0: It doesn't happen very often, yeah,
1: yeah we're, we're getting closer i'm I'm hopeful that this next year we'll have we'll have something that to talk about that way, and let's see what's the next one Civil war wreck, yeah, not not quite the civil war I was expecting, but I guess. Other parts of the world have their own skirmishes that can be called civil wars. This one is out of Sicily. Sicilian diver believes he has found a wreck close to shore. The remains of what may have been a Royalist Civil War shipwreck and discovered very close to shoreline in the Isle of Sicily. Diver and author Todd Stevens from St. Mary's first located the wreck last spring, but a, a long wait before the right conditions enabled him to make further investigations. He started his search after reading about what happened in Sicily during the Civil War, which is 1642 to 1651. At the time, St. Mary's was held by the Royalist under uh, Sir John Greenville, whose forces based in Star Castle became notorious for preying on English and Dutch vessels in the Western approaches. During a severe storm in May 10, 1651, two best Royalist vessels were wrecked after being reported as riding under the new hill. Uh, Garrison Hill was once called Hugh Hill or the Hugh. The entire entourage, Mr. Stevens, who had discovered several other shipwrecks off the Sicily coast to launch a new hunt. Oh, it was an entourage. I made up a word. They encouraged him. I first discovered the site by towing a magnetometer in the shallows last spring off my rubber and punt. I tried visiting a couple times. It was difficult to dive in anything other than a period of easterly winds. Otherwise, such shallow water. It's rather like diving in a washing machine as you get thrown about in the surf. Magging with the punt got me much closer to the shore and led me to the wreck. How do people have a magnetometer?
0: Those are not inexpensive. I mean, you can get those. Fisher sells them. Yeah. What they, what,
1: uh, 10, time, 10 to, 10 to 20 grand? grand. Proton
0: magnetometer.
1: Yeah. I want one because it's, it's when you see what some of the best shipwreck hunters are doing. They're taking that and the side scan, they overlay it. Yeah. And that really reduces the false positives that you well, may be tempted to get a sub-bottom
0: profiler at the same time. Yeah. And you oh, got the yeah. best. You got the best. Yeah. You know that guy's an author, don't you?
1: That's what they said, that he was an author.
0: Yeah, he's written uh, one book. was called The Pirate John McNeil and the Hunt for the Wreck of the John. The other one is Wreck of the Colossus, a uh, fine of a lifetime, and Ghost Rosevere. And The Wreck of the Nancy Packet. Those are three books he has written.
1: Yeah. And that's and at his website, www.shipwreckbooks.co.uk. That is correct. And then if you've got a underwater GoPro camera and you want a little bit of money, GoPro is, has a contest that's going on. You uh, can, another one? Another one. Or maybe it's the same one.
0: Oh, the last one, all you had to do is sign up every day, remember? And you could win every camera they had. Yes. When today, they gave, they gave that away. Awesome, awesome of them to do that.
1: Yeah, this one is, they're awarding up to $5 million annually to GoPro content creators. So you get your footage, you submit it, and then based on what you submit, you receive rewards and promotions. Now, they, do they say how much you can get? I mean, is it like, I'm going to get... $100 or $1,000 or $10,000.
0: But it does give you ideas and samples of what to do, mm-hmm. which means for $5 million, they're getting one hell of a lot of publicity.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We're just, they should <laughs> be a mention, sponsor. But,
0: yeah. Not to mention, I am willing to bet when you do that, you're submitting your works to them. Oh, yeah. That's available for them to utilize. So if it's of really good value, they're going to get money out of that.
1: Yeah. Well, I know their stock hasn't been doing too well. The concern well, is the stock market thinks that other products are going to eat their lunch.
0: Right. There's a couple of cameras out that are quite interesting. And even those, uh, I won't say clone, but those from uh, China. Oh, yeah. They're $49. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, wow.
1: Well, and the the cheapy ones, which aren't that good, aren't that bad.
0: No, when you can get a, a waterproof camera of uh, plus four megapixels for yeah. less than 50 bucks in a housing. Yes. It's almost disposable.
1: Well, right. That's what it does become. I spent more than that on that little cheapy camera I bought several years ago.
0: Yeah. Just carry a couple of batteries because they burn through the batteries quick. Yeah. Not that I would know that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that, but that, see, that, well, the nice thing about, well, uh, we start to talk about GoPro and we go into something else. Nice thing about these things getting less expensive is for my next projects that I want to do with video, it's really about having a lot of footage and in and, and low visibility environments the more cameras that we can put on a rig, the better chance we have of getting something that we can use. Well, you're getting down
0: to that 360 degree ball with cameras. Oh
1: yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother thing. they we're going to start to see stuff coming out on that. But the thing with that 360 degrees is it's really about, that's going to play well in water where you've got visibility, where you can see a hundred feet. I don't, I mean, unless you want to do like a horror mystery movie as we approach Halloween. Uh, in the Great Lakes, not the Great Lakes, um, but in the in the rivers, it tends to be such poor visibility that we can't. You don't get that. I don't. I don't know that too many people want to do a three hundred and sixty, or about all you can see is the camera, the uh, the light out front, and everything else is green. But Lake Michigan, we've had some dives where that would be nice. I think if you dive enough and you are persistent, you are going to hit that day where you are going to get some nice video.
0: We've had some eighty footers out there.
1: Yeah, yeah eighty footers. That's great. Well, that does it for scuba in the news this week. Oh, there's one little item. Let me, oh, sure. I was going to
0: say, if we didn't share, we might want to share. I was looking for it as I speak. The 3D views of some of the wrecks.
1: Oh, the, the ones from uh, Indiana?
0: Yes. Did you see that? I mean, I well, posted when,
1: when they first posted it, I went to the website. Neither the website was down or they weren't working because I couldn't find crap.
0: Oh, well, I've got, I had three of them because I went to three different places uh-huh. One up was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, remember to phrase that when I say gorgeous, I could pull up any one of the four wrecks that are in three D, and then you can position the three D in in different areas. And then it had icons of pictures, and then you clicked on the icon, and it would show you a real time picture—not real time, but a real picture of, of the object you took, like the prop. And here's what it looks like covered in zebra mussels. No, I let me.
1: I'm I'm going to paste this in the, that. I've got the article from the. Chicago Tribune, and I'm looking at that one now, and they, it's, so they're saying website features 3D views of shipwrecks along Indiana shorelines, so the Indiana Department of Natural Resources is giving out 3D views of the four shipwrecks along Indiana's Lake Michigan shoreline. The, uh... Okay, I'm
0: sending you a different one. Okay. I'm copying the link, and it's...
1: Yep, and, and the, the website that Indiana put up is indianashipwrecks.org. And the website includes the 3D creation of the J.D. Marshall, which sank in 1911, and the three other shipwrecks in the lake. Why they just do that?
0: Okay. This one here, the, it's uh, h www.in.gov slash DNR slash Lake Michigan slash 8526. So yours is
1: 8526?
0: Two, two, yeah, I just sent it to you.
1: Okay. Uh, because that other one went to eight four eight four two eight. So I wonder yeah. what the difference you
0: is. You get on this one, it'll give you the... Uh, Car ferry number two, the J.D. Marshall, uh, the material service barge, and the Muskegon. And since we have Dove, the Marshall, and the Muskegon, uh, and the MSB, or the material service barges, the Muskegon one doesn't do it justice. Even though it's sort of interesting, there's more stuff down there than this is showing.
1: Yeah. So I'm loading. Okay, now, see, now it's working. I, There must have been, when I looked the first time, this was down, because this is not what I got.
0: Yeah, and if anybody's not able to get that, that's, it, it's really interesting. We can repeat that site for them if people are just listening yeah. and want to write it down.
1: Yeah. See, this is what I envision doing with the preserve site, with something exactly like this. So, like, this one shows the—now, why didn't they color correct the photo?
0: You don't yeah. like green?
1: Well, I'm fine with green, <laughs> but I've seen the green. Uh, I, it, I Didn't they have the rights to it? Well, I mean, I guess— they submitted pictures and it didn't look like they did any correction to them. See some of this stuff I haven't seen on this wreck.
0: Well, click on the Marshall.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm on the. Uh, okay, I don't think I've been on the Marshall. Let me see. Oh, yeah, uh, the Marshall's uh, sorry, though, Muskegon. the. The Marshall's the. Oh, okay. The Marshall's the one I was looking at, but I've right. never, I've never been on it, so that would be right. why I haven't seen that. Right. Go to Muskegon. Okay, Muskegon I've been on.
0: Right. Now you look at this picture. There's more down there than what's showing here.
1: Yeah, because the last time I drove, drove, dove the Muskegon. There was a – oh, yeah, there's a lot more visible than this.
0: I mean, just under the – but go to the one that shows the prop, click on the camera shot, and it shows you the blade. (laughs) That's, like, got to be the worst photo ever of that blade. Right, but I know for a fact that that section that shows the shaft to the prop, Uh that's all wood there. That's not covered in sand.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can see that.
0: Wow, I didn't – off where the stacks are back there, there is a big square boiler that's sticking up there that's not shown.
1: You know what these photos remind me of? This Uh, is – They had one day, it was a bad day, and they took all the photos the same day.
0: They might have, because if you look on the outskirts, you'll see all sorts of debris, and there is a lot of debris out there, and
1: Uh, this is still interesting as heck. I I like how you can spin the the objects. Yes, so if
0: somebody hasn't done this before, go to that site. I think you're uh, going to try it, and you're going to start seeing a lot of this. I think so.
1: I think this is going to be, if you're not doing this on your shipwreck website, I mean, this this is going to be the standard. Yeah, this this one makes a little bit more sense. Now I have dove it in conditions that look like these in the photo, but I've also seen better viz. We we like to do. The, I would say all these wrecks. Well, not all of them are uh, are better earlier in the year, like the uh, the Marshall, the Muskegon. Now the Material Service barge. I've done that one late summer and had really good visibility. There's something about that location there. And well, then there's then there's another wreck. Uh, the the tugboat. What's the tug there? Can't think of the name,
0: but I'm talking about the MSV. Mm-hmm. Thirty years ago, it sure did not look like this. I mean, we've had people die on that wreck for penetration.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, it look at
0: this; it's all open and blown up, which has been done through the years.
1: Right now, the back was blown up uh, intentionally. Somebody and nobody's admitted to it, but they they blew it up to gain access. But the hatches over the barge are all open, so it's a swim-through wreck. It is but- now. But you can pretty much pop up just about anywhere along the whole body of the wreck.
0: But you get in the aft section, ain't quite that way.
1: Yeah, and you have to be careful because there is, even when it's open, there's snag hazards, and if you get yeah. if you get caught in something. Yeah. But I can I can remember the first time on the wreck, I heard all the horror stories about how many people died on it, and I was expecting this wreck that was almost evil, and it was pretty well open. Uh, but that that's nice. Now, material service barge. For some reason, I kept thinking that was in Illinois.
0: Well, but, to me, it is. It's sort of off of Chicago.
1: Yeah. You get there if you if you go and lose a bunch of money at the casinos in Hammond, Indiana, and you leave Hammond, Indiana, and you go and you're it's got to be right there in the line. Uh, so they're saying it, it's it's best to do it with a wired Wi-Fi connection on Firefox, Chrome, and Safari. It May not work on Microsoft Internet Explorer. Car ferry number two, that's another one I haven't tried before. Now, do they give the locations of these wrecks?
0: Uh, I'm sorry, I got diverted to something else, but let me look again. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. Uh
0: oh. Sorry about that. <laughs>
1: How the internet works. Well, it's oh, like me, Saint, it's like Saint,
0: swirl, and it's like, what?
1: Yeah, St. Louis, Sam's asking where the website is. So here we'll go and paste that in again.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, and if you're not a diver, it, it makes more sense and you start looking at a wreck. You just don't see a ship; you see around the ship. It's it's worth having something to look at.
1: Yeah, it's it's a nice. They have done a good job on it. I I've actually been glossing over it because I saw it and I'm like, yeah, sure, it's got something, but this is nice. They're they're. I don't know if this is an artist drawing. You know, their baseline image that you can do 3D. Yeah. I, I think that might be artists, or they may be modeling it in a 3D program. And they just are limiting what they're putting in because the wrecks are in much better shape than these photos indicate. So I think what they need to do is is let people submit photos and say where they found them. Because if you have a better photo than what they have, they should add it to the site.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah, this one on the, what, what is this one I'm on now? They don't tell you what's the information. This is the car ferry number no. two. That's a, that's a nice boat. 309 feet, uh, beam was 44 feet, da- draft was 12 feet. So 100 meters by 13 meters by 4 meters. Sank in 1906. It's unbelievable. You're, you're diving on stuff that sank over 100 years ago.
0: Yeah. And looking at the pictures, they'll actually show you the amount of zebras and quagga's on it.
1: Yeah. Well, the car ferry, that looked like they when they took the photo, there was not a lot of zebras on part of it. I'm guessing this was after the sand had moved. Because you see some of the chains are really pretty covered and others aren't. But they're not giving us any locations where to dive the wreck, do they?
0: Not here they didn't.
1: Yeah. You can get the numbers. You have to look for them. But I wish they would have given it. Somehow they think that hiding the location is preservation, and I don't. I mean, people motivated to take stuff are going to figure it out anyway. Just burning gas trying to find it. depth of the wreck is 45 feet, so that's a nice depth. These are all diveable shipwrecks.
0: Well, and, and they're they're good when for novices. I um, mean, yes. how many people have we taken on the oh, Muskegon?
1: Yeah. Well, then I I talked to Kurt uh, and he dove. Uh, they went down there and dove the Muskegon, and uh, he dove with Bob, and Bob didn't want to do a second dive, so he went and did the. Uh, so Kurt did the break wall. Yep. And he said Viz was really good on that. It's always amazing that Viz is much better on the on the break wall than any of the shipwrecks. And if you like to see fish. They won't be colorful like in the tropics, but they're they're there. That's a good sight. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I had I had turned my nose up to it. I decided it wasn't worthy. So let's see. Did anybody get any diving in this last week? Well,
0: of course, uh, Thursday Thursdays have been exceedingly popular. Um, I went out tonight just to take video, but I I swear if I'd had my suit, I'd have uh, jammed it over my neck brace. <laughs> oh, visibility. Uh. The the level was down. The visibility at the end of the pier is like I can see the bottom halfway out. And this is oh. at dusk. Uh, the water temperature is getting down 50. And uh, there's pictures already posted of their finds if you want to drool a little bit.
1: Uh, I, I saw while, while we were talking at the intro of the show that there was yeah. stuff being posted. I didn't look yet because <clears throat> I'm afraid I would have uh, zoned out.
0: huh? Well, there's there's four collections I can see. Oh, um, some of it's bicycles, one, two, three, four, five. There's jars and cups and sh- salt shakers and uh, looks like a couple of medicine bottles in that collection. Over here is cups, saucers, tops, cold cream jars, a uh, couple of apothecary, a couple of milks, a bicycle seat, a knife, uh, anchor. So looked like the people did good. Uh, and I think we had seven, seven people underwater, not counting sh- you know shore support. Uh, Sarah and Jake uh, did the shallow. Jake was snorkeling. Sarah was keeping shallow. Uh, Marybeth and Mark Erd- Irwin went, uh, I think they went across. And then uh, Crandall, Adam, and John, right. yep. uh, they went downstream. And then uh, Kevin, he was all he was all over the place. <laughs> uh, Adam and them found a boat out in the middle, upside down, aluminum. And they didn't write it up because they were curious, like, if there's a body in the bottom of it, now we'll be here all night. So they didn't turn the boat over. Plus, the cart would have picked it up and made it go downstream. But that's another new item that's not out there or not there last year. What's that? Boat upside down. Oh,
1: there's a, a boat that wasn't there? Yeah,
0: a boat. Huh.
1: Now, is the boat in any sort of condition, do you know? or?
0: I, I, I have not seen it myself, but uh, it, it sounds like it'd be worth looking under to see if there's anything in there under it. But, you know, with the nighttime uh We had people in the water at 6, and then the other guys got in at 10 to 7. When I left, it was storming, meaning we probably had 30, 30 30-mile, 40-mile-an-hour winds. Oh, really? All the leaves were coming out like rain. Oh,
1: so we probably missed. So you know what happens then, right? Yeah, it just covers the bottom all up.
0: Yes, and then you've got that issue. Uh, About the time we hit that, I had a rain squall. And even while it's raining, there's a huge rainbow inland. So it was, it was quite interesting. And they had a good time. Obviously, it was, it was jet black when everybody got out.
1: Yeah, you can you nice photos. Yep. And a couple
0: of people are, in fact, using lights on their floats. Plus, everybody did have light with them. Excellent.
1: I was just in the feed store today. And for $3, you can buy a little LED work light that I want to figure out how to, how to waterproof for doing something like a little river dive. Because that would almost make it disposable.
0: A good zippy bag works wonders.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't need to hold up that much pressure. You know, at 4 bucks, you don't care if you lose it. In fact, a lot of times these little lights, you spend more on the batteries when they burn out than you did in the whole light to begin with.
0: Yeah. I get those Harbor Freight ones, and I always get one of those little coupons that says, free with any purchase. Yeah. but Then these, you can afford to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, what I've thought about doing also is I want to build my own light, but maybe take, you know, the parts off of something else. Well, they got in some. Did anybody get any other diving in? I know they were talking about doing uh, some Lake Michigan diving last weekend. Did Do you know if they made it out or not?
0: Well, you know they had 17-foot waves on uh, Lake Superior. <laughs> it was a little windy up there, and uh, yeah, it that, was interesting out on the Big Lake.
1: Yeah, that, that'll keep you from going out 17. Oh uh, Yeah.
0: I keep thinking Gales of November and the Fitzgerald song.
1: Yeah, now, Kevin, I understand, got in the Gull Lake again. Yes. And Did
0: you see the pictures of the railroad axles and, and uh,
1: wheels? I had seen those from before. You t- were there some new ones? Well, there's
0: a, a nice picture of that, but I think he found some other rails that might lead to something else. He hasn't really uh, yeah, he, spoken about that one too much. He wants to obviously prove what he's got. Yep. But he's been doing some really serious work out there. He's been out there with the DNL divers. And uh, if you go out and do the time, you find the stuff.
1: Yeah, and that's what he's doing. He's if he's not he's, working, he's out diving. Yes, yeah. Because you he, know he,
0: the time to research is during the winter and the library time for spring and summer. Get out there and start. Hump, you know, and he's got the boat. I, I mean, I don't have a boat. My excuse, but, but he's using the time and he's he's doing the research, and he's seriously got enough information to write a book uh, on the shallow water wrecks with pictures and specific coordinates because he validated what he's found. He's yeah. doing a real nice job on that.
1: Yeah, but he, he he found something that looked like rails, but he knows it's not. So yes. we should be hearing something either later this year or beginning of next year on what that is. But he had something, he had specific items he was looking for. So when yeah, you know so what's that. He
0: goes out with a point to look for a particular steamship, or he's got the old reports that somebody hadn't seen it for 100 years, and he goes out and finds the damn thing. Yeah. So that's nice.
1: Yeah, well, and that's it, it, where the little bit of research helps. Because then when you see something, it just doesn't a log or a tree you can find in context of something bigger it helps you associate it yeah so kevin's doing a nice job and then our thirsty thursday divers are doing great i got to get my tanks filled that kept me from diving this last week and i was going to dive and
0: i always have air don't worry about that
1: i couldn't uh, i was going to get to the shop on friday and something happened and i couldn't get there saturday and then sunday came where i could get a dive in and i didn't have any so I got projects out the wazoo to do, but I got to get a dive in. Kurt's trying to talk me into going to Lake 16, but with everything people are pulling out of the river, that's pretty tempting as well. I, yeah,
0: it's like if I were diving, I mean, I like 16, but I'm going to wait till the ice. Yeah. Maybe we can get another lineless ice dive there. But I would be in that river. Damn. It, it looks like every single spot, you know, from the dam all the way down to Merrimack, You're finding stuff left and right.
1: Well, and the leaves have been a little late with poplar leaves are already down off the trees, but maple has, they're just starting now to turn color. I so, figure you
0: got another two weeks before the leaves start doing the bottom trick, yeah. covering it up. Yeah. And,
1: and the, and the leaves are worse in the river. Cause not only they come off the trees on the river, but everything that blows across the field into the river. Mm-hmm. And then I think some people intentionally dump them in the river as well, over the bank into the river. Yep.
0: They, oh yeah. I know they do off, off the uh, cliffs mm-hmm. and off the, Drop offs? Sure
1: they do. Yeah. yep, And they don't blow out of the river. (laughs) Once once they're in, they're in there until they break down. Yeah. It's that time of the year. It it might be getting a little colder, but this is good if you want to know the secret to diving all year round. Even if you didn't get a lot in the summer, dive now. Because that's how when I was diving, doing ice dives in a wetsuit, I'd be diving every week and you just keep dealing with what's getting cold. If you get cold in your hands, then you need to do something about it. Either better priming, better gloves, better prep, something. And then you as you address the cold spots and the cold conditions, when the ice dive comes, it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Because thir- 33 deg- degrees in a river is a lot colder than an ice dive.
0: Yeah. I, I, I seldom have a free flow in ice. I generally have mine in the river. Mm-hmm. especially if you bump your, your uh, octopus or something, yeah. man, you got to free flow quicker and you can
1: spit. Well, I, I've, uh, I've free flowed by looking into the current. Oh and yeah. See, so if you got your head down, you're okay. But soon as you do up that current hitting the uh, front side of your regulator, it will cause it to purge. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't wait. I need to, I need to get some dives in.
0: Well, like I said, I think they've got something, you know, what they can dig up for Sunday, but it seems like more people are hitting the river because it's been good.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of people, a lot of these divers, I don't know if I've dove with. I'm sorry, you what? I don't know if I've dove with many of these people.
0: Erwin, uh, he, he dove with us, as I recollect, again last year when we did the drift diving. And we, I oh, t- did he? Actually, that's two years ago now. Yeah. When we had all those extra people come along and said, man, this is great. Uh, Adam, you've never met. He's been doing the Thursday Thursdays for the last six weeks and his, his girlfriend— yeah, yeah. I, did, uh, I, she, I she dove last week, and uh, well, you know Kevin and John.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kevin and John I've dove with is did uh, who's who's got the the beard? Is that Adam?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: He may have come out to the Havana a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. There was somebody who I mean he he they were out. I mean the we're in the water and you got dive gear, come on out. It doesn't doesn't matter to me. But uh, there's a
0: Daryl who dove on that with somebody, but I don't know any Daryl.
1: Oh, that's that's right. Maybe that's what it is. Beards oh, no, that's... now. It used to be. See, when I had a beard, it wasn't cool. Now everybody's got beards, and yeah, it's it's the end thing.
0: I'm well, in style I at the wrong time. <laughs> I'm, I'm growing mine back because I had to shave, and I did look really funny.
1: Oh, I, I, I had I've had I had beard probably for ten fifteen years, and it's hard to. I let it grow a little bit, and I don't know. I'm just not as. I mean, I got to break it in or something. Yeah. Let's see, is there anything we want to plug? we got the Mug Club. You can go visit uh, the Mug Club site. It's We have the Scuba Obsessed website, which is getting a little stale, but I, I'll, I'll make sure I'll try and upgrade it this weekend, www.scubaobsessed. You can also hear us on the, the Reno Viola Outdoors Radio Network, WRVO Radio. You can catch us and other outdoor programs. If you're into fishing, hunting, anything else in the great outdoors, that's something you want to listen to, download the app. And we have links on our websites to all these locations. Also, if you, and I don't know who would be crazy enough to do this, but if you are to the point where you're not going to dive for the season, why not have your gear service now? Because if you've, if you've been diving in saltwater or something else and you got it sitting in a closet and you know you're not going to get to it till next spring, get it in now. So it's got a little bit less time to corrode, and your dive shop and will store thank
0: you. Correctly, store it correctly after you get it back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then you'll be all ready for the springtime. But I as don't know why note, you would do that. Why would you not dive during the winter?
0: As a side note, you know, since uh, the club picnic on the 22nd of August, we've dove that river every week. And sometimes people have dove it three times during the week, Thursday, yeah. Saturday, and Sunday, and or Sunday. Yeah, That river has been getting to work out
1: this year. Well, there's been years where I think it was you, me, and Jim Kleeman were the only one in the river all year in Niles.
0: Yeah, we were diving in the ice. <laughs> well. I, I was taking that jug of hot water, putting it on an ice shelf, so when we have a free flow, we could come up, grab it, <laughs> stick it in the bucket, so we could go back hunter. <laughs> well, yeah, that was probably a little stupid back then, but uh, hey, we had fun.
1: Yeah, that's what it's about. And that was wetsuit, too. That wasn't dry. Well, dry suits. What's a dry suit? What's a dry suit? Now that I got one.
0: <laughs> I also did put a picture of uh, Joshua, our junior Muddy. Yes. Uh, I got. A, I put a picture of him uh, back to September. He's snorkeling, all right? He snorkeled for two days, and I put a collection of his finds. It'll make you sick. I don't want to hear about anybody not finding bottles. This kid is with the snorkel in the shallows, and look what he is finding. So you adults, get your butt out there and get wet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he he he's got a excellent find. So, any talk on when uh, his grandma's going to be able to corrupt him into scuba diving?
0: Uh, I don't know. I got he's going to work with me next year. I'm going to make a point. I I went ahead and made him a junior member, sent him a club patch and some uh, nice club cards. Uh, well, he's diehard. And did you see the tools he generated? He made some some uh, sticks with points on it that he goes down. So when it's a little further than he can reach. He uses the stick to go through the neck of the bottle and
1: pull the bottle up. Oh wow! He
0: is diehard, and he's already got two Hutchies, and it took Jim what twenty-two years, twenty-nine oh, years to He's get got his-
1: Hutchies. Ah, kick him out!
0: <laughs> I, and I his, still haven't found a Hutchie. He is doing good. Great kid. I think he's fourteen now.
1: Yeah, yeah excellent. See, that's what we need. We need more more young divers getting into the into the hobby. The well, sport. you got
0: to you got to find something you like about it. And- yeah. For us, it's it's the bottles. is fine, but it's always what you might find, like that sword or a safe yeah. or gold coin or something. It's and he likes to is. use his kayak too. I've been yeah. out there on the river with him. There again, takes the kayak into the, in the shallows, has a stick with a hook on it. He sees something, he's over there picking it up out of his kayak. Yeah, he's doing good. Nice kid.
1: Let's see. I think we are getting and approaching that time of the show. All right. Let's see. I, I should. Oh, my goodness.
0: You got a good one?
1: I don't know. If I don't understand the joke, does that mean it's good or bad?
0: I don't know. It just means I'm dull because sometimes I hear it and it's like, what?
1: Yeah, there, there's there's one of them. And the thing is, I, what concerns me sometimes is when I don't understand the joke is maybe it's it's insulting to somebody. And that's why some people think it's funny. And maybe I just don't get the insult. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's one. I think th- 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 I got one joke that I'm pretty sure will get death threats when I get done with.
0: Okay, this one I want to hear. <laughs> the, the, or maybe, you, maybe you don't want to talk about that one.
1: Well, I just I just think that it's such an extreme that somebody, is that is that the one we should do, maybe?
0: I will leave it to your judgment and discretion.
1: Yeah, the, the, the person who, who sent it in said that he's told this joke over the years and has gotten him punched more than once. (laughs) Okay. I I guess we'll go for it. Oh, crap. I just hit a key. Okay. And my eyesight's getting worse. I need, I need joke glasses or something. So here I am moving closer to the joke, but it's almost like radiation. Maybe it's like, I need like lead shielding or something. So here we go. When Johnny was five, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was six, his favorite toy was taken to playground. But that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was five, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was seven, he got beaten up pretty bad in school, but that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was six, his favorite toy was taken to playground, and when he was five, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was eight, his family's house caught fire and burnt down. But that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, When he was 7, he got beaten up pretty bad in school. When he was 6, his favorite toys was taken to playground. When he was 5, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 9, his puppy got hit and killed by a truck. But that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was 8, his family's house caught fire and burnt down. And when he was 7, he got beat up pretty bad in school. When he was 6, his favorite toy was taken to playground. When he was 5, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 10, his... Family forgot his birthday and he didn't get anything, but that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was nine, his puppy got hit and killed by a truck. When he was eight, his family's house caught fire and burnt down. When he was seven, he got beat up pretty bad in school. When he was six, his favorite toy was taken to playground. When he was five, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 11, he never got to eat his lunch at school because a bully kept taking his lunch money, but that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was 10, his family forgot his birthday and he didn't get anything. When he was nine, his puppy got hit and killed by a truck. When he was eight, his family's house caught fire and burned down. When he was seven, he got beat up pretty bad in school. When he was six, his favorite toy was taken to playground. When he was five, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 12, he spent the summer with two broken arms, but that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was 11, he got to eat his lunch at school because a bully kept taking his lunch money. When he was 10, his family forgot his birthday and didn't get him anything. When he was nine, his puppy got hit and killed by a truck. When he was eight, his family house caught fire and burned down. When he was seven, he got beaten up pretty badly in school. When he was six, his favorite toy was taken to playground. When he was five, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 13, his bike got run over in a driveway, but that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships, after all. When he was 12, he spent the summer with his two broken arms. When he was 11, he never got to eat his lunch at school because a bully kept taking his lunch money. When he was 10, his family forgot his birthday and he didn't get anything. When he was 9, his puppy got hit and killed by a truck. When he was 8, his family's house caught fire and burned down. When he was 7, he got beaten up pretty bad in school. When he was 6, his favorite toy was taken at the playground. And When he was 5, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 14, a storm... Blew a tree over into his house where his room was and destroyed everything in his room. But that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was thirteen, his bike got run over the driveway. When he was twelve, he spent summer with two broken arms. When he was eleven, he got he never got to eat lunch at school because a bully kept taking his lunch money. When he was ten, his family forgot his birthday and he didn't eat anything. When he uh, didn't get anything, and when he was nine, his puppy got hit and killed by a truck. When he was eight, his family's house caught fire and burnt down. When he was seven, he got beat up pretty bad in school. When he was six, his favorite toy was taken to the playground, and when he was five, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 15, his father ran off for good, but that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships after all. When he was 14, a storm blew a tree over in his house where his room was and destroyed everything in his room. When he was 13, his bike got run over a driveway When he was 12, he spent his summer with two broken arms. When he was 11, he never got to eat his lunch at school because a bully kept taking his lunch money. When he was 10, his family forgot his birthday and didn't get him anything. When he was 9, his poppy his puppy got killed and hit by a truck. And when he was eight, his family's house caught fire and burned down. When he was seven, he was beaten up pretty bad in school. When he was six, his favorite toy was taken to the playground. When he was five, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When he was 16, his mother had a heart attack and died. But that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was 15, his father ran off for good. When he was 14, a storm blew a tree over in his house. Where his room was destroyed everything in his room. And when he was 13... His bike got run over in the driveway. When he was 12, he spent the summer with two broken arms. When he was 11, he never got to eat lunch at school because the bully kept taking his lunch money. When he was 10, his family forgot his birthday, and he didn't get anything. When he was 9, his puppy got hit and killed by a truck. When he was 8, his family's house caught fire and burnt down. When he was 7, he got beaten up pretty badly in school. When he was 6, his favorite toy was taken to the playground. When he was 5, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 17... The car he saved up for got stolen, but that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was 16, his mother had a heart attack and died. When he was 15, his father ran off for good. When he was 14, a storm blew a tree over into his house where his room was and destroyed everything in his room. When he was 13, his bike got run over in a driveway. When he was 12, he spent summer with two broken arms. When he was 11, he never got to eat lunch at school because a bully kept taking his lunch money. When he was 10, his family forgot his birthday and he didn't get anything. When he was nine, his puppy got hit and killed by a truck. When he was eight, his family's house caught fire and burned down. When he was seven, he got beaten up pretty bad in school. When he was six, his favorite toy was taken to the playground. When he was five, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 18, he was the only one arrested leaving a graduation party. But that's okay. Johnny's used to hardships. After all, when he was 17, the car he saved up for got stolen. When he was 16, his mother had a heart attack and died. When he was 15, his father ran off for good. When he was 14, a storm blew a tree over onto his house where his room was, destroyed everything in his room. When he was 13, his bike got run over the drive. When he was 12, he spent the summer with two broken arms. When he was 11, he never got to eat lunch at school because the bully kept taking his lunch money. And when he was 10, his family forgot his birthday and he didn't get anything. When he was 9, his puppy got hit and killed by a truck. When he was 8, his family house caught fire and burned down. When he was 7, he got beaten up pretty bad at school. When he was 6, his favorite toy was taken to the playground. When he was 5, he had to eat five bowls of his mother's rotten oatmeal. When Johnny was 19... He joined the Navy determined to turn his luck around. His first day aboard the ship, he was told to repaint the mast as he's painting the very top of the safety gear failed and he plummeted down to the deck. But that's okay. Johnny's used to hard ships. We will not tell you what email to send the complaints to. (laughs)
0: Poor Johnny,
1: but he's used to it. He's used to hardships. (laughs) I I guess that is bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It it shows you, you know, that if you were to take and put your educational materials you had to learn by rote, say (laughs) it like that and repeated them
1: that frequently, you'd know them. You would. But I think oh, you may black train. out when somebody hits you in the head a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> may, your memory might not be that good. Uh, so on that note, go out there and get wet.
0: And stay safe. And Johnny was not really hurt in this broadcast. Recording has been completed.
1: And I think we drove everybody out of the chat room. <laughs> <sighs> uh.